This podcast and following message are brought to you by The Sharing. Discover what it's like to be part of something larger than yourself, something big, something important. Located in sunny Santa Barbara, The Sharing is committed to family, virtue, righteousness, and brotherhood and sisterhood. Join now as a member of The Outer Sharing for the chance to become one of the special chosen few, a full member of The Inner Sharing. The Sharing, you will be a part. You will be different. Is it time for the spoiler zone? I think it could be time. <laughs> so, do we want to talk about this passage in a spoilerific context? I believe we do. All right. Hit me. Okay, so, speaking of my theory for how they're writing these books, right? Yes. Um, which Speak I think has evidence from the text. Jake says, I've seen a lot of strange things happen, but this was the strangest. He says that in the past tense, which to me means that he's speaking from the end of the series, mm. or at least some future point, right? Yes. I think it's possible that he is speaking from the end of the series. My theory is that they're, like, recounting their adventures kind of at the end as the lauded heroes, although that doesn't totally work with some of them. But anyway. Right, because because Rachel dies, yep. Rachel dies, <laughs> I hope that you left by now if you <laughs> if you are uh, reading the series for the first time. But uh, anyway, I think it's fun to imagine that they're narrating from the end of the series because of this exact kind of thing. Because that means that he's saying that this is the strangest and saddest thing that's happened to him. Ever in his life. Yeah. So one might say that that's so ridiculous that... He's probably not narrating from the end of the book. But if we assume that he is, I think that it kind of speaks to how vivid this experience mm -hmm. is for him. He's, like, experiencing in the first person Tom's struggle with being a controller and also a Yerk being starved to death, which mm -hmm. doesn't happen for the rest of the series. And I think, like, it is possible that the hallucination and pain that he's going through or emotional pain that he's going through here mm -hmm. could be you know maybe it's one of the saddest things that happens to him through the series yeah if he's narrating that way i guess i would think that he's not narrating from the end of the series or he's not mm -hmm. i have a theory kind of like yours these are kind of transcribed at the end of the series mm -hmm. but my thought is like oh these are like diaries right i think they're like a collection of the diaries that they've may or may not have been writing, but also like there's a, I think there's some technology where you can just like put your soul into it. I don't remember that technology, but it's called the Herak Delest. Isn't that the one though, where like your soul comes back? Like it's like the person. Yeah. So that's different from like making like it into exactly a book. the person. I think it's like a copy of the person. Right. But it's, but so it's, it's not making it into a book though. Right. Yeah. So the book is like the transcription of that person's experience. Of, oh, so that person writes the book. Or that book is like automatically generated by ThoughtSpeak. Or like... From, from whose thoughts, though? At what time? From Jake's thoughts. At what time? At the time of this book. So the reason why I don't think it's at the time of this book is because he says, this was the strangest. Mm -hmm. Not like, this I, is the weirdest thing that's happened to me so far. Oh, I think it's like, at this moment in time, 
he's he's narrating from like shortly after. Yeah, he could be narrating from like I guess the end of this book. Yeah, yeah it's possible. I just like to think that it's the end of the series because then that makes this sentence have more weight. It, it's true that it does, and I I think that that's definitely an interesting interpretation. Um, I really like these books. These books are amazing. Passages like this. I have a lot to say in the spoiler zone, not necessarily about this passage. We could be done with the passage if you want. Okay, we're done with this passage. All right, that was a good passage, though. It I was. Think, I, think I like the main having a that good we're, passage. I think the main reason that we're done is because we covered a lot of it in the previous section, and also because like it kind of speaks for itself. That's true. It's really good. Okay. Should we get into it? Yeah, I have a couple notes. Okay. Do you have notes? Feel free to spoil me. Yes, I do All right. have notes. So my first note is about... The tiger dream. Thank you, Diana. Um, first of all, he, like, dreams the tiger dream a lot in later books. And then the tiger dream happens. I know. 50, I was thinking that. 50. That exact thing happens, right? And yeah. so it's super different. Wow. Awesome. Reading this book after reading that book. I know. And also, and you know think how of it, the slow play, the build up to the tiger dream being realized. And you know, you know how it ends, too, right? Doesn't it yeah. end with him, like, not... Yeah, well, it ends with Cassie, like, preventing him from killing Tom. Right. So, um, so yeah, so, like, you're seeing young, innocent Jake being like, I hope this doesn't happen. No, but it totally but it, does. It literally happens. He literally is the tiger and then literally yeah. stalks Tom. Which is cool. I wonder if she, like, had that in mind from the beginning or if she was like, you know, I've been really playing up this tiger dream. Tiger dream. <laughs> So maybe I should maybe I should make it happen in real life. That'd be kind of cool. It is very metaphorical. So metaphorical. That and oh, boiling the Yerks. That's a huge plot point at the end of the series, is when there are like many many Yerks in the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of the pool ship, Doesn't and then he just flushes them, them yeah. into outer space. Yeah. So, just like huge parallels between this book. And the events of the end of the series, which are very cool. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I mean, this, I think part of it is that this kind of introduces the idea that you can kill Yerks in mass. Yeah. Which they then super do later. Like, but they're not really thinking about the ethics at this point because they're just like, Yerks are bad. But then later they're like, wait, I just what are we going to do? Like thousands of. It's also way more Yerks yeah. at the end. But, um, but they're like, oh, sweet. Let's just yeah. like kill them all, I guess. That seems good. Yeah, and then at the end, there when they like you said, they've been thinking about the ethics. Jake eventually gets really depressed about this and like thinks like this was wrong, you know. Right, and he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't really specifically think about this time. Which no, he doesn't first. think about this time. Yeah. Yeah. But he thinks about the time that he flushed them into outer space. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's kind of the same, you know. It is. Yeah, it's just a difference of. It's a, it's a difference degree. of scale, but like. He's doing the same thing, like killing yeah. a bunch of possibly innocent Yerks. Yeah. But right now he doesn't. He's younger. He hasn't seen the same things. He doesn't think of Yerks as nuanced in character. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is interesting because, like, it's, it read like it was difficult for him to watch Temrash die. Yeah. So I would be interested... I wish that we got some reflection about how he boiled all those yerks, like, after yeah, having seen Tamrish die. Cool. Um, um, I would just be interested to see whether that, like, changed his thinking at all or not. It sounds like it didn't. 
I think, I don't know, maybe we're meant to be thinking about that. Yeah. Well, and he does say that, like, part of Temerash is in him now. Yeah. And Tom and the gang. He, he and lives in me. Yeah. Like, which I thought was interesting. I don't really think we get any more callbacks to Temerash later in the series. Um, like, I don't think we ever have a passage where Jake's like, oh, and part of me remembered the time when there oh, was a Yerk. I don't know if it's. We get a callback to Kryak. That's his name. I couldn't remember his name. Kryak. Kryak, however you say it. Wait, what what should be we should standardize our I like our pronunciation. Well, let me think. If it was Kryak, how would they have spelled it? If it was Kryak. I don't know, it's hard. I think it could be either. What do you want? Kryak. Those are similar enough. You could say Kryak and I could say Kryak. Yeah, I'm just thinking like C R A Y as in like like crayfish. Crayfish. Or I know. Hay or any of those words that end in A Y. I know. Well, you know how I always default to the um, phonetic pronunciation like A A E O U. Yeah. Which well, is why I do Spanish. Well, I use that because it's like each letter has one sound, and mm-hmm. if they were gonna use a different pronunciation they would have spelled it a different mm, way yeah. but this is kind of a weird exception because Krayak would probably be well it might be c-r-e-y but it's hard to know it could be either anyway we can do Krayak if you like it i definitely prefer Krayak, but i know that you definitely prefer Krayak. So. we can we can just alternate if you want yeah or no i'll just say Krayak. c dog mr c wait is it really a c i thought it was a k it's c okay um but yeah huge spoiler uh no spoiler alerts because guess where you are right now the spoiler zone. <laughs> Let it be known that Andrew just made like a really obvious face at me where he was like, you got to do it. <laughs> he like looked at me and was like, do the do the thing. Anyway. That's cool, I guess. We'll see more of him. Um, oh, we will. Although, it's interesting that why is he introduced here? You is know, he always why? a machine creature with no arms? I don't know. But there is always, the eye is the thing. I know the eye is the thing, but I seriously do not remember that description. Well, it's because we, it's because the eye is the most memorable thing. I know, but I was just wondering, like, if he's described as being a machine creature with no arms later, sitting on a throne that's really high up. I think yes. Cool. And we don't know anything about the Elemist yet, right? No, but that's next book. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Which actually might be why. This is so early. Yeah. So the, I think that might be why we are introduced to Krayak here. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if there's, like, any metaphysical connection, or if there's any connection between the Fugue and Krayak making his first appearance. Does Krayak... Why Why now? Yeah, why did we see Krayak just now? Like, presumably, Temerash is not connected to Krayak. Yeah, I was wondering that, too. I think that... Um, I have two options. Okay. So, my initial pass through this book made me think that Jake was having, like, a spiritual experience. And this was kind of some version of, like, seeing God or something. You know, mm-hmm. like, you're you're going through this really weird death experience. And I was thinking, like, maybe the eye creature is, like, what happens to Yerks when they die. Is they, like, go to him or something. And Jake's, like, watching mm-hmm. the... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some kind of weird God thing. So that's theory one. Okay. Theory two is that Kryak, Kryak, in this enormous game of chess, 
between Krayak and the Elemist. Krayak wants the Yurks to get Earth. And I think that having this play out, having this book play out in the way it did, is like, Krayak doesn't like that. So I think it's possible that it's Krayak trying to plant an idea in Jake, I'm watching you, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I don't, I don't like this. Me from now on. Yeah. Obviously, it's hard to, like, pin down Krayak's exact motives because he's, like, just on such a high right. plane that we can never understand. But, yeah, I like, this, this theory is more like, you know, knowing what I do about him is that Krayak wants Jake to see him in this mm-hmm. moment for some reason, yeah. having to do with what just happened with the Yurk. Yeah. I guess I subscribe more to Theory 2, although I think Theory 1 is really interesting. If you see the Yurks as a race, as pawns of Krayak, it could be that in every fugue, they, they like, see him. They see him because he is... That's possible. He, I don't know, like, he is the one, like, they're his team. They are his, his yeah, chess Yeah, they're team Krayak. Well, just like how the Elemist is kind of like God, right? Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, similarly to how the yeah, humans are yeah. on the Elemis team, and when humans die, people are like, oh, I saw whatever, like... Wow, you just <laughs> shot upon millions of people who died. Well, I mean, nobody ever knows what the experience is of people who died. That's the whole right. thing. But the idea is that maybe you see God, or maybe you have some out-of-body experience, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, maybe for us, it's a similar thing with the Elemist, and then for the Yurks, they go to Cryak. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are both really interesting options. Did you um, have other thoughts about it? Um, I mean, my thoughts were basically theory two, you know, was mm-hmm. my initial interpretation. I mean, theory, theory one. one was just my theory because I hadn't read the rest of the series, right? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's cool. That's like really when cool. I first read this book, that oh, was, theory, that's, that was yeah, my that's theory. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I was like, this is probably just happening because the Yurk died and that's what happens when Yurks die. Yeah. But then you don't. But then I was like, "Oh, that was Krayak." I was like, "That is... mattered." I thought that was just some like God thing, <laughs> some random trippy thing. Yeah, well, because yeah. like random trippy things sometimes happen in the yeah. series, you know. But then I was like, "No, this is actually a huge player." <laughs> I know. I think that's that's one of the things I really like about the Animorphs is how how dense the, I guess the, the plot yeah, it's actually is. like a huge deal. Yeah, it's not just these kids trying to yeah foil some rogue aliens it's Although like there there are some you know some elemist haters out there what some some people who think that the elemist oh like there are some readers who don't like the elemist plot yeah uh we can't talk about that in the non-spoiler section yet but i'm really looking forward to when we can um those are like my major points about the spoiler section um oh i was going to talk about so we discussed a little bit the language of our sharing ad, which preceded the segment. Mm-hmm. Tom uses the same language. You can be a he... part of something. Yeah. Something bigger than yourself. Exactly. But I, I cribbed the words for the sharing ad from the book of Visser. Oh, okay. Specifically when Visser 1 is like uh, describing how she started the sharing and the mm-hmm. process of like making volunteer controllers. So I thought it was really interesting that in two different parts of the series they're using kind of the same language yeah i mean right well i think that the the theme of yerks is that they stand for like 
collectivism. Mm -hmm. Which is super interesting because I think a lot of the Anwar series is about, like, individualism versus collectivism. But if this were a book about, like, America versus communism, it would read totally differently. (laughs) Even though it is about, like... But you could use some of these same, like, linguistic devices in a book about America versus communism, right? Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is interesting. The sharing is always about being a part of something bigger than you, belonging to a group, not having to worry about, like, who you are. Or, like, it, it appeals something to people big, who don't have – it appeals to people who don't have a sense of purpose or, like, they, they feel like mm-hmm. they want more of a sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, so they're struggling with their, like – identity as an individual mm-hmm. then they join a group they feel like they are part of something yet at the end of this it's the babes that get you you know what for all the wanting to be a part of something big like sometimes you're just in it because of the cute girl who's in the sharing too true well i thought that that like was a redeeming point for tom it wasn't it, it, that, is, it wasn't yeah. that he wanted to be a part of something he wasn't struggling with his identity and like looking for something to be a part of Mm -hmm. and so that makes you like him more as a character instead it's like oh he just got into this by accident but really he's good like he would never do that on purpose Mm -hmm. which is super interesting because later we think about tobias yes who who would have done it yeah um in the alternate timeline that's what i'm saying so so the implication is that he would have joined right he like started rebelling once he had the slug in his head so he wasn't, like, strictly, like, cooperating. So in this book, we get kind of the easy way out as an audience. We get to say, like, yeah, Tom's a controller, but not because he wanted to join the sharing. It was mm-hmm. an accident. Like, he yeah. wasn't actually falling yeah. for their tricks. But like, so we get to still yeah. like him and be like, oh, Tom's still good. For Tobias, we're like, wow, that's dark. Like, he actually would have done it. Yeah. But, like, what's wrong with wanting to be a part of something larger than yourself um I, I i know i mean i think on an intellectual level yes but it, but as a reader like your your intuition is to like the person who just goes into it by accident yeah and I, I totally agree and you're kind of like oh you should have known tobias that it was a trick yeah but so then it's you have to like work to as a reader you have to like do the emotional work of being like I can understand why Tobias would want to join this mm-hmm. and like, and that's really hard. So anyway, so we're not at that point yet because we're not at that part of the series. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But luckily we can talk about it. I know. Cause we're in the spoiler zone. Um, um, so one thing that was interesting was they were talking about all the things that Cassie can do to the animals. And she said like everything except for surgery. And then I was like, don't worry, Cassie. You will do surgery. You're basically a doctor. Um, <laughs> After all, she knows that meds stands for medicine. Right, exactly. She's, like, all up with the lingo. Um, so that was one Easter egg, was they talked about her doing surgery. And then and then um, Tobias talks about killing rats, um, which reminded me of David. I forget exactly mm-hmm. what he said. It was, like, when they were talking about... Can I just, like, grab it real quick? Yeah. It was when they were talking about skipping the mission. So they are roaches. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to do the, um, they're going to go to the sharing meeting. And uh, Marco's like making banter. And he says like, 
you will keep the rats from eating us, won't you, Tobias? And Tobias is like, hey, I may not see that well in the dark, but I can still catch a rat, light or no light. I am the rat killer of the universe. Nice. And I was like, that's interesting, given that you don't kill that other rat that happens later. Yeah. Anyway, that that was the only other, um, like, kind of interesting nod to future books that I saw. Um, I also, I saw another call forward mm-hmm. also to the David trilogy. Mm-hmm. In chapter one, Jake is sitting across from Tom mm-hmm. and then says, I was trying to decide whether I would ever have to destroy him, destroy my brother, who's not my brother. Um, so I thought that was an interesting call forward to like Rachel's whole monologue about the word destroy in the David trilogy where she's like, she like thinks to herself, I'm going to go destroy David. And then her monologue then is like, destroy is a weasel word. I'm going to kill him. So I thought it was like, I thought that that choice of of wording was interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of interesting at this point in the series because it's still early. So it's perhaps that, you know, they still are thinking in the terms of like, destroy, take down, mm-hmm. defeat, yeah. not kill. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, similarly, because I actually think of destroy as a pretty heavy word, but, mm-hmm. like, destroy is, for me, on par with kill, possibly. Oh, but yeah. it's similar to, like, I was worried that someday I might have to hurt Tom. Oh, yeah, they say that, too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Wouldn't it, we would no, you're going to kill him. You're going to, you're going to, like, viciously kill, or... Rachel is going to viciously kill him. Right, Like, yep. you're not just going to, like, punch him a couple times. Yeah. You know, you're going to yeah. stop him from being able to live. Like, you know? Yeah, you're going to, um, I think she bites, bites down on him when she, when he's a snake. Yeah, something like that. Anyway. Um, I mean, you know, this is the animal. We're not going to leave it to the imagination how he dies, you know? Right. But, like, right now, they're like, oh, I was worried that someday it would come down to a fight between me and my brother. And you're like, <laughs> yep, kind of. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> but much more than that, also. Um, so, yeah, that's a good call forward. Um, um, I don't know if call forward, is that a term? No, but it's All the right. opposite of callback. Right. That was, yeah, that was the idea. Um. Anyway, yeah, those were kind of my notes we could talk about the things that we were like saving for if we had time but it's also been about two hours did you have more things to talk about i do not have more things to talk about um unless yeah yeah the other two things were um how do they see when cockroaches like because i don't think cockroaches see the same colors that we do um although we actually talk about that a little bit when they morph um i think it's when they morph fly and they're like there's so many pictures and I had to, like, learn to see. Yeah. Right. So I assume it's, like, yeah. a similar thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I I lean towards, like, uh, what's in the book being true to real-life zoology, you know? Um, I don't think so. You don't think so? I mean, okay. So my, my evidence for that is, like, when we're talking about the flies... Um, sorry, pause. Gotta find it. Can I see the book if you're not using it? I I am about to use it. I'm just gonna find the chapter in my notes, then I'm gonna...
Chapter 13, can I see it? Page 81. I guess my evidence for this is that when, um, when we're talking about flies, we just get a whole bunch of fly facts. Like, a house fly beats its wings 200 times per second. Um, a fly moves at about 4 miles per hour. Um, a fly is about eighth of, an eighth of an inch long. Yeah, you know? but I think those are all encyclopedia facts. I don't think K.A. Applegate knows how many types of cones flies have. could be an encyclopedia, but I, I see your point. Um, so I think, I think when she doesn't have the information, she just uses the same colors that we use. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, it's going to be a whole thing if I talk about, if I say like, oh, I saw something that I decided meant that this was gray, you know, she's going to be like, this was gray. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think we like a lot of the Animorphs books. This will come up again because every time, yeah. like, you read a book, it's could be the first book in the series that you're reading. So I think every, like, a lot of the times when they morph a fly, they're, like, talking about fly vision, etc. Exactly. Yeah, so I, so I think we'll have opportunity to talk about this again if, we, if we'd if we like. But, um, well, I feel like we just did talk about it. Okay. My point was just that I think it's weird because I think in some ways... Well, so, okay. Quickly. My, my theory was that was based on like so when they more fly they do see like a thousand pictures Mm -hmm. right and they have to think to themselves like okay i need to get used to seeing with a thousand pictures Mm -hmm. however when they morph cockroach they see like if um, my understanding is if i'm in a room that has a red chair in it and then i morph cockroach that chair still looks red to me it's huge now yes but Mm -hmm. it still looks red to me and i think that's if I go on the assumption that everything in the book is true to zoology, which you have to because I'm not about to, like, fact check the Animorphs. It's a I'm sci-fi not an book. entomologist. Um, sometimes, and it might depend on the species, the same, like, technology that allows you to thought speak when you're in Morph also does some amount of translation of, like, vision. Mm, that's interesting. But not all the time. I right? think, yeah. But Sometimes. That's a good way to smooth out the uh, Yeah, I think that's going to be what bumps. it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was my okay. my theory for that. Um, that's, yeah, that's about all we have for book number six, The Capture. Do we, do you want to go through the context of again? Uh, sure. Well, just as a reminder, next episode, we are reading book number seven, The Stranger. And, and it's if, a must-read book. It is a must-read book. Uh, Can't forget that. So, but if you like the show or didn't like it or whatever... You can email us at sulpniarpool at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, sulpniarpool.com. That's S-U-L-P-N-I-A-R pool.com. On the website, we have a link to our Tumblr, our Reddit, and we also have a link to a Spotify playlist of all the songs that we've mentioned on the show so far, perhaps for some 90s nostalgia. So uh, that's about it. Thank you for listening. And until next time... I told you last time we don't actually have to read. I know, but I like it, remember? Last time, but okay. Fine. But, but until like next it. time. <laughs> so long for now, and until next time, don't give up, Tom. Don't ever give up. <laughs>